Welcome to the Freed from Feminism podcast. Thank you for listening to our inaugural episode. Considering this subject matter is guaranteed to be a fascinating and controversial journey into feminism and how it affects our societies, our families, our relationships, our laws, and our lives. My name is Beth. And my name is Teresa. And we are just a couple of Catholic women in our 20s and 30s who have realized that the life of feminism hasn't provided us all that it promised. Both of us grew up really influenced by the onslaught of feminist propaganda, and we totally bought into it. We thought we could do everything a man could do because, you know, why couldn't we? We went to college, (laughs) majored in engineering and politics, and we started our careers and worked our way up. But in the end, we weren't really that happy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, at least for me, Beth, I pretended to be happy Mm -hmm. or, you know, if, if not happy, at least content with my decisions in life and was even defensive of those decisions. Um, while all that time I was really just secretly depressed and wanting more. Oh yeah. Very much the same with me. I put on that face. (laughs) So we're here to ask the tough questions about feminism that very few people are asking, especially within the Catholic church. Is feminism the answer for women at all? If it isn't, what is the answer? How does feminism affect our lives and those of our loved ones? And again, since both of us are Catholics, does feminism have any place in Christianity? Right. Those are the big questions. So how about we introduce ourselves first so our listeners have an idea of where we're coming from? Yeah, that's a good idea. Do you want to go first, Beth? Sure. Okay. So like I said, my name is Beth. Um, uh, I work as an engineer at this moment, and I'm engaged to the man of my dreams. It will be married in one month. (laughs) So after I had gone to college, I had uh, taken a job as an engineer traveling the country. So I picked up and moved every six months. Uh, And this always sounds so fun and exciting and impressive to anybody when I tell them uh, because they think it sounds adventurous. But let me tell you, I immediately realized this life of career and travel did not bring me any happiness (laughs) that I thought it was going to. But long story short, um, I am settled down now. Uh, after I met my fiance, and I'm still working for the time being, but it is our dream to have as many kids as possible and for me Aww. to stay home with them. And we're very excited, but that's me. So <laughs> your turn. Oh, that's so sweet. And I also feel super unqualified to be on a podcast with an engineer, everyone. Oh, oh. <laughs> you you put me to shame. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I guess my turn. My name is Teresa, as I mentioned, and I was married just last summer to the most phenomenal Catholic man in the entire universe. And we are just so blessed and so excited to welcome our first child in a couple of months. Um, we run a Catholic apostolate called Catholic initiative, which actually is our partner here at freed from feminism. Um, my husband is the president of the apostolate and does by far most of the heavy lifting videography producing and all that. Um, and I am the communications director, which basically means I handle any incoming or outgoing communication and then bake him fabulous things. 
<laughs> it's a wide ranging role. I will tell you. <laughs> we'll um, uh, we'll link to our website in the show notes um, if you're interested in it. Um, anyway, so that is me. But I have to comment on what you said because that is so exciting that you're getting married. I've met him. He is a lucky man. Um, we are coming to your wedding too, and we're super excited. But when we met less than two years ago, I vividly remember that your life looked very different. And so what was it in those, in that time period that caused you to actually question feminism? You said you weren't happy. You said that, you know, this lifestyle of, uh, of being an engineer that you know, moves every six months was just not working for you. Why was it not? What caused you to um, question feminism? Wow, that's a really good question. It's it's always so complicated because, you know, feminism, If you, you probably are hearing the word on the podcast right now and you're thinking, you have an idea. You have this association with the word, and mm-hmm. I did too. And I didn't think I was a feminist in any way, nor was I having anything to do with feminism in my life. Because of, uh, I thought it was more the radical stuff, you know, pro-choice, hating men, all that stuff. Or even some of the stuff, because I was in engineering, um, a lot of push for feminism was for more women CEOs or more uh, girls in engineering. You know, try to get it to 50% women, 50% men. And I wasn't really interested in any of that. I just wanted a job. And and that's sort of how I grew up. Um, It career was super important to my family. If you wanted something, you better work hard for it. And that's where you're going to get in life. Um, so I bought into all of that. And that was all of a societal influence on my family, that work is the most important thing in your life. And so being a, you know, a people pleaser that I was, <laughs> everybody's telling me to do this. I was like, sure, you know, I was really good at math and science. So they were like, go into engineering. And I said, okay. And I researched all these different colleges and I was, oh man, I was, I embraced this life. When I was in college, I would study way too much and I would go to all the career fairs and the resume workshops. And I was, I mean, at that point you could say I was, sort of happy. I was this fake happy because I I was doing everything I thought I needed to be doing. So that made me happy because I was getting praise from other people and encouragement. And I thought this is what I needed to be doing with my life. Um, but as I had said before, like work being super important, I hadn't realized that there could have been something else I could have done with my life. I was so naive to think that if I hadn't gone to college and chosen a career that could have made me a lot of money, then I, my only other option was to uh, work in the fast food industry and flip burgers or something like that. (laughs) So (laughs) that is where all of my motivation came from. Uh, and it wasn't actually until I started working out of college that I realized this is not what I had signed up for because when you're in college, all you work for is, you know, to get out of college and to get the job. But once you have the job, you start to question things. But even then, I hadn't questioned feminism because I thought, gee, you know, maybe I need to just live in a different city or have a different job or something mm. like that. I kept trying mm. to use feminism right. to solve my unhappiness. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I've lived in seven different states. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's the same anywhere. <laughs> I was still unhappy. <laughs> the work was different. I, you know, it, I kept trying and it wasn't... Um, until mainly you and I had met where I realized that 
this is this is not right. Like this is not the only way you have to live your life. You know, God comes first. I kept thinking I was putting God first, but in reality, my whole life was devoted to career. It was not to God. And so I needed to get myself out of that mindset. And so, you know, here I am now getting married and stuff, and I'm really trying harder to put God first. But that is really how feminism affected my life. And the more I got out of it, the more I realized that how much it had affected my life. You know, you just said something really interesting, and maybe we should do an episode on this later on, is it's the reverse peer pressure of of feminism or, um, you know, maybe it's not intentional feminism of families and friends, but um, like, you know, you feel the pressure to just, like you said, make career your life. Mm-hmm. career was the most important thing in your family. And I think so many other families work that same way as like you, you don't value, um, virtues or character or, you know, um, things like that. You virtue, excuse me, you value accomplishments, worldly accomplishments, literally not to sound too, too oh, religious yeah. here, but like, just worldly accomplishments. You are, you are getting your self-worth from the degrees that you're getting the, uh, you know, the awards, the, mm-hmm. you know, the raises that you're getting at your job, which I think is kind of sad. It is. And it, I, I noticed it happens, not just, you know, you and me, and you'll share your story in a bit is, you know, we went to college and then had these careers and then decided, you know, this isn't the life and chose to get married. But there's some women who are married who still are influenced as if career will give them what they need, if that makes sense, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, and so that's what we're here for. Um, exactly right. Yeah. But like I said, you know, it's it's been a quite a journey for me, but I know it's been quite a journey for you. Your story is fascinating. Um, so how about you oh, tell them <laughs> what caused you to question feminism? Well, you know, in in a sentence, it was after throwing myself into um, politics and government. Um, I grew up very much kind of how we have just been talking about, um, not, you know, my family wasn't necessarily like you must be in a career at all times, but it was very much accomplishment based. The people who did, you know, the big grand things in life were the most respected, you know, the most Mm -hmm. serious people, the most, um, financially well off people. So I said to myself when I was very young, I'm going to be one of those people. So Mm -hmm. Um, in college, I, for some reason, politics called my name and I absolutely threw myself into every single political activity I could. I was super active in the college Republicans and heavily participated in, uh, local and state political campaigns and did a couple internships. Um, I have no idea how I was able to do any homework, but, Somehow I got it all done. Um, Then life got even crazier because I was um, in my junior year, I was accepted to um, the White House internship program and I moved to D.C. And, you know, in that position, you are just thrown into the fire. And that's that's really what happened. 
Um, after surviving the internship, I worked in the administration as a political appointee until 2009. And, you know, I guess just to pause here for a second to re to reiterate what I was saying earlier is if there was any sort of kind of turning point with regards to feminism, like if something went off in my brain, it was probably at this point, even mm -hmm. if I didn't realize, I just knew something was wrong. I knew at this point I was done with politics and possibly even professional life. I mean, I was burned out, totally disillusioned and very confused as to, you know, what now, what, what do you do with your life now? Because you, you have worked towards something for so long and it's not going to work out. But mm -hmm. unfortunately I had no choice, but, uh, to continue to work, um, in at least a similar industry because, uh, you know, my entire work history had been in politics and government and, most unfortunately, um, because of that, I had significant college debt. So I was literally stuck. I had no choice. Um, so I worked for a government contractor for almost eight years before. So that, that was on top of my political career. And so finally, at the end of that eight years, I was, you know, I was like, no more, just had to resign. I said, life is too short. I have to leave this um, this extremely stressful job and see what else God has in store for me. It was a step in faith because, you know, I, I didn't have another job afterwards. I had some idea of what I wanted to do and I did some pretty cool things afterwards. I lived in Europe for a while, but, but yeah. So what, what specifically caused me to question feminism? I'd say, you know, realizing that career did not fulfill me at all. Mm -hmm. um, that it was really brutal and cutthroat out there. And that just wasn't me. Also, um, I have to say when I started converting to Catholicism, that was hugely influential in opening my eyes to the, the, um, detrimental side of feminism. Um, at first I thought it was like just, just a protective defense against men because I have two brothers and it was angering to see how society treated them. They can't do anything right. But, uh, so that's where it started. It morphed then as the years went by into a realization, like I mentioned before, of how degrees, work history and accomplishments were completely worthless if you are desperately unhappy. Like what good are they? You know, I, I always knew I wanted to get married and I never, never hated men like, um, a lot of feminists do, but it also never occurred to me that I couldn't do everything a man could do. Mm -hmm. I knew I could, and I wanted to make a difference in the world. And I, I was fortunate to have been born into a day that that was possible. So lucky me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Anyways, that, that, uh, that was basically it of the feeling that working was making me less feminine, super stressed, unfulfilled, and most importantly, just not, not doing anything to further my actual vocation. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I absolutely love what you said at the end there about how you wanted to make a difference. I, I felt the same thing because 
you know, we as women, we really want to care for other people. We want to love them. We want to nurture them. It's in our nature. And so when we're told that we could do that through these lives, we, we run for it because we care so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's natural to want to make a difference. I think it's natural to want to be the best that we can be, but our society has twisted that into something it was never meant to be. Of course we can make a difference. Of course we can go out and change the world. Biggest and most important way we will do that is to be wives and mothers. You know, that's probably the most controversial thing that you can say nowadays, which is <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> but I know. Um, I know. And it takes a little bit to just listen and consider it because it sounds so shocking. I mean, at when, when both of us were deep into these careers, you know, I bet if somebody told us that we'd be like, you're insane. Like, of course I can serve God right now in what I'm doing, yes. you know? Uh, exactly. So it wasn't until we both just calmed ourselves down and, and thought about it. And we said, you know, but are we doing what's right right now? You know, God gave us these, the church gave us these vocations and that's to be a wife and a mother or join the convent, but we didn't want to join the convent. So, you know, we we were left with this option and and it's a beautiful option and we wanted it. We just had to tell that to ourselves. Exactly. you should mention what you converted from though, from Catholicism to kind of compare the differences. Cause you said Catholicism had a huge influence on your life. It did. It hugely did. Um, well, I was a Protestant before I was, um, I grew up a, um, what is called a Seventh-day Adventist, which, um, deeply obviously affected how I looked at the world when I was the child. Um, but you know, starting at the age of age of 16 or so, we, you know, we completely left that and just kind of became non-denominational for the, for the uh, rest of those years. And, um, yeah, I, I won't go into the specifics just cause that could be a whole nother podcast in itself, but that absolutely, um, influenced how I, uh, looked at the world with regards to the role of, uh, women and men. Yeah. My, just, so my conversion absolutely had a, had a huge, dif- made a huge difference in the fact that I saw in Catholicism, true masculinity, Mm. beautiful, strong, Christ-like masculinity. And I had never really seen that before. And it was humbling. It was inspiring. And I looked at that and I said to myself, I want that. Mm -hmm. Now that I've seen that, I can't settle for anything less. And then, so that, that, um, that started my, my thinking about, well, maybe, maybe something is right in Catholicism because they're producing people, both women and men, of course, that are just, you know, saintly. So, but let's go on to the purpose of our podcast, because a lot of people will be asking, you know, all right, well, that's great. So feminism is bad. What do you do now? Yes. Yes. Well, that's our whole goal. You know, we want to, we're giving you our perspective on, you know, two professional Catholic women. We've been, I guess you could say, red pilled on this feminism topic. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we, I like that. And you know, we've mentioned a few things before where we thought one way. You know, the world told us something, or even other Catholics told us something, and it took us a while to realize, you know, wait, this sounds right, but there's something wrong. 
And when we dive into it, we may realize that there's, it's not right. And, you know, what is the answer, as we had mentioned before? Right. And again, we're going into this project with as much humility as we possibly can, because we know that we don't know everything about the subject. Mm -hmm. We have our personal experience and we've read the few things that we have, but even from that, we know that something is definitely, definitely wrong. And so we formatted this podcast the way we have to give you the information from the experts who actually do know what they're talking about. Hopefully we'll have, uh, you know, historians, philosophers, cultural commentators, priests, religious mothers and fathers, and whomever else we can find to come on the show and, and interview and get their perspective, um, on feminism. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited to talk to some of these people. Um, Me too. yeah, we'll have, so we'll have two different episodes, two different kinds of episodes, I should say on this podcast, we'll have the informative one and this one will be a little bit more controversial. We're going to dive into the you know, history of feminism, the hot button topics, things like, uh, women in the military, women in the workplace, mm. all those sorts of things. And the other one is something a um, bit more practical for your life. We're going to call it the Feminism Detox Program because you're going to hear all the stuff in the informative podcast and you're going to say, okay, that sounds good, but um, I'm sorry, how's that going to work for me? You know, this is my life situation. Right. So this is what this kind of episodes are going to help with. Um, any state of life you may be in, you know, if you're 18, you're 35, you're married, you're not married, you're dating, you're whatever, you know, we're going to try and apply this to everybody, you know, maybe more specific episodes. So um, for the single ladies, we'll probably do a dating episode. Um, but these are going to give you the resources and, and the encouragement to help you get feminism out of your life and on track to what true Catholic femininity should look like. Exactly. That was so so well said, Beth. We want to give you the data about feminism, about how, you know, it's been, the word has been um, misconstrued by Christians, but also just the ideology from the beginning has been extremely detrimental. But we, we did not want to also abandon you to just kind of live after giving you all this, you know, kind of shocking information and be like, all right, well, have a nice life. Mm -hmm. No, that was basically my experience after being red pilled. Um, or I guess we could call pink pilled. Mm, I like that <laughs> girly podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yeah, it was, it was so hard to, you know, feel so alone in a society that was diving even deeper into feminism every day when you're kind of extricating yourself from that. So hopefully that's where the ep the interview episodes will help too, because we will be giving you a direct resource from an expert about feminism um, or a topic surrounding it paired with the feminism detox program that you can actually, Im you know, implement in your life today, you know, very practical, not just pie in the sky, um, suggestions, things that you can actually implement in your life today to kind of try to extricate yourself from the ideology and become more feminine every day. 
Yes. And we hope and pray that this podcast will really be helpful to any, any woman out there. Amen. Yes. Uh, anyone and actually men too. Yes. We know mm-hmm. that men have to feel so good. Christian or Catholic men have to feel so alone right now <laughs> in, in a world where they mm-hmm. probably feel surrounded by, by feminists. So we hope that this really helps you too. Um, in addition to obviously our, our target audience, which is, which is, um, young women who can, uh, you know, make a difference in their lives by, by finding out the, the detrimental aspects of feminism. So do you have anything else to add Beth before we kind of close this first episode out? No, I'm, I'm just excited. And I hope if, if any of you have listened to this episode, even if you disagree with anything we've said so far, please just give us a listen and, you know, look, listen to our side and, and hopefully it'll make a difference in your life. Absolutely. So thanks again for listening to our very first episode of Freed from Feminism. Um, Please share this podcast, subscribe to it in iTunes or wherever else you're listening to us from. Our website and social media accounts are kind of being created and tweaked as we speak. And we will make sure to let you know when they're up and running. In the meantime, check out um, our Twitter handle at Freed Feminism. Our username is Freed from Feminism. And again, so thanks for listening. God be with you, and we will see you next time.